I, I got to a certain point in my life where I had to stop blaming. I had to stop blaming other people's other people for my issues because that's the easy thing to do. That's the easy default, right? Or, or the response is to say, okay, my life is jacked up. That's your fault or that's my mom's fault or that's my dad's. You mentioned parenting and um, uh, dysfunctional families. I, th I believe everyone comes from a dysfunctional family. Like, I don't care who you are. You could become from like a really classy family, but there's always going to be some type of some level of dysfunction. Beliefs are the hidden scripts that run our lives. Beliefs lead to thoughts, thoughts lead to actions, action leads to habits, and those habits lead to outcomes. So if we can master our beliefs, we can control our outcome. Welcome back to Food for Thought. My name is Santiago Castro, your host. And on today's episode, we will be interviewing one of my great friends and clients, Jake Ransom. Jake is not only one of my great friends, but he's also a husband, a father, and he runs a massive sales team here in San Diego within the solar industry. But before all that, Jake actually dives into how he grew up in a regular home and started to slowly get into uh, doing drugs, which then led to a heavy addiction that almost cost him his life. And then that even led to being homeless and having to discover himself and then getting into entrepreneurship and the journey in that and how he got to a point where now he has a flourishing business, a beautiful family, and not only that, a perspective that cannot be shaken. So don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe because it really does help and enjoy this episode. I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. 100%. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having me. No, dude, thank you. I know you're super busy. Yeah. The whole team you're running and stuff. So I really appreciate your time for sure. Bro, I want to honor you, man. You have been, we've been friends now for what? How long? Like dude. six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Met at church. Yeah. And uh, bro, you've just been nothing but a blessing in my life. And I love you and, and Didi and just your family, what you're uh, creating and what you're building. And uh Thanks, man. I remember I kept seeing you. I kept seeing you around, like not only at church, but other places. Do you remember that? I would see, I would yeah. see you out in public, like, <laughs> like here and there. Um, that was like probably within the first like year or two of meeting you. Yeah. So I feel like there was some weird like thing, like God was trying to tell us that like yeah, yeah. we were supposed to be friends or just yeah. have some type of connection. So yeah, yeah, man. Like I said, like I, I, I honor you because you've you've been nothing but just so kind to me mm. and I love uh, your character and um, your, your spirit is just so warm and um, uh, it's a blessing to be able to uh, partner with optic element and um, kind of take my voice and my brand like to the next level. Yeah. Thanks. And um, I couldn't think of any better uh, group to partner with than optic element dude. So like, I just feel super thankful for you and, and the team shout out to Caesar and shout out yeah. to my success manager, destiny. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and the whole squad, dude. Yeah. Sh shout out, shout out. OE. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks dude. No, I mean, I appreciate it, man. I mean, you're one of the, like one of the very few people that you're like really easy to be friends with. You know what I mean? Um, it's just like, yeah, it's, I forgot who said it, but I think somebody said it. I think I was at your wedding where they said that, mm. um, that you've never met a stranger before, which is like such a well way, to put um you know how how like charismatic and and very like uh natural you are with people so yeah thank you, you make it easy man so thank so there's no there's no real effort on my part you're just like such an awesome person so yeah no dude yeah. thank you for saying that man that's that's really cool and uh yeah man i i it's funny because like just maybe 10 minutes ago we were just talking like mm -hmm. what should we speak about like what's gonna be the format for the podcast yeah yeah uh, i guess your that last idea translates to 
to this and like it, it just being like kind of an easy free-flowing thing I, I i don't know what we're gonna get into i don't know exactly yeah, yeah, what we're talk, gonna talk about but i'm super open-minded and regardless i think whatever we do talk about in our conversation is going to be good and it's going to be yeah. um of uh you know high value and yeah just overall um educational uh informative and, and just like overall encouraging i, I don't want to make this about i mean i'm down to share some some stuff about me but whenever i have the chance to speak whether it's like in a setting like this mm -hmm. or like in a group setting or like what whatever it may be mm -hmm. i try to make it a point to communicate that it's not i don't want it to make it about me necessarily yeah. Like I'm again, I'm sh I'll share some stuff about my history, my story, kind of what's going on in, in 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 my world. But I like to make it more about others, like make it more about the listeners and the audience. Hundred yeah. percent, yeah. So that's kind of my intention, you know. Yeah, no, I love that, man. I don't know if I've ever told you, but our the mission, at least my purpose and my my life purpose, and this podcast is really just like a, um, it's more of an expression of that purpose, and is to really bring freedom out of overcoming the human default. That's like my purpose statement, my life statement, what I feel like I was created to do. Um, and just, you know, what I like to do with that is, is bring people on like you who have certain stories that, um, a lot of our viewers can relate to. So I know you're going to bring a lot of value. You, you have a crazy story, plus you're, you know, you're doing really well in business and, uh, you know, you have your family and all these things that I really want you to share. Uh, cause there's, there's a lot of things that I can't connect with people on, but I bring people on that can, mm. um, because I, at least like to give you a background behind that purpose statement is that, you know, a lot of us are born mainly at a default, you know what I mean? Like we were born into this world and our parents, you know, have all these issues that they've never more than likely dealt with. And then we automatically, you know, take that on. And then we're not even starting at square one, we're starting at like negative 10. Mm -hmm. And then, so we spend most of our childhood, um, you know, you know, trying to either work our way up to square one and then maybe like have a decent life or some people never really make their way up to square one. But our human default as like, as just humans where we're, where we have, you know, we've have a tendency to fail and aspects of like, you know, we, we don't always do the right thing, but then plus, you know, of the baggage that we, we get, we take on from our, our, uh, family, uh, it tends to really put us in a, in a position where our life is not never as great as, as it could be. Um, so really what it is, is, is how to overcome, uh, you know, the human default and then how that brings freedom. Um, into actually living the life that you know you're designed to to live and all these things and so um, especially with what your story which I really kind of want to get into is um, you had a, a crazy um, you know uh, experience with drugs and you kind of really like came out of that and, and a lot of people don't you know what I mean I know a lot of, of my friends who still have issues with drugs um, and I really want to get into that because that's something I feel like a lot of people in today's world really kind of like you know tend to uh, really dive into. And, and I understand because there's a lot of things happening in this world and I feel like the accessibility is just crazy. Plus like, you know, you can like make, you know, any type of drug out of chemicals underneath your sink, you know what I mean? So it makes it a lot easier to do it. Plus like it's an escape and all these things. So I want to dive into that if you, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about kind of your story, how you got into it and then uh, how you got out of it. Totally. Yeah. So um, I want to first acknowledge the, the first point that you made. I love that mission and that, that vision that you have of you said overcoming the human default. Yeah. I think that's deep. And I think naturally our initial response to the world, let's just say when we wake up in the morning, I don't know about you, but like my initial response, I think this is just part of human nature is we're automatically, we focus on the bad. Like we focus on like a problem. 
or like something negative or something like something that we have to fix or something that's like stressing us out. So it's important that we take control over over this. And I'll actually I'll I'll tie that into my recovery here in in a sec. So I'll get to that. But that's really deep. And I love I love to hear you share that overcoming uh, the human default. And I I truly feel like it's our default to we we gravitate towards problems or we we gravitate towards stuff that like tends to drain our energy. And something that I've gotten I've I've gotten a, a little bit okay at I'm still getting better at it is is taking control over this because the problem really centers in our mind it all it all starts up here so I think getting getting mental strength getting mental clarity is what I I've tried to focus on that that's something that's been a game changer for me because until I can have have control over where my thoughts are going like it's only me that's going to ha- dictate where my life's going, right? I know you're big on ownership, right? Extreme ownership. Like who it's, I, I, I got to a certain point in my life where I had to stop blaming. I had to stop blaming other people's other people for my issues. Cause that's the easy thing to do. That's the easy default, right? Or, or the response is to say, okay, my life is jacked up. That's your fault. Or that's my mom's fault. Or that's my dad's. You mentioned parenting and, um, uh, dysfunctional families. I th- I believe everyone comes from a dysfunctional family. Like, I don't care who you are. You could be, come from like a really classy family, but g- there's always going to be some type of, some level of dysfunction every, in every family. So rather than my, my whole thoughts on that is rather than having a victim mentality. And cause my, my, I think for the most part, like my, my upbringing was actually pretty great. Like I had two loving parents, um, and my, had a, had a really, there was, there was love in, in the house. My, my dad was, you know, a hard worker. My mom was kind of the stay at home mom, which was a blessing. Um, um, my, my dad was, um, was, he worked in law enforcement. He worked in the border patrol for like, for uh, like almost 30 years. So he, and he had a background in the military as well. And so does his, his dad. So that, that sense of a uh, discipline and, um, routine and, uh, being a diligent, you know, uh, a diligent worker. Uh, I think a lot of that was instilled in me through my dad, uh, as well as the like sense of, uh, adventure spirit. I have, I think I picked up that from, from my dad. Cause my dad is all like, he's super into like, he he's into surfing and like going super fast on his motorcycle and like, and skiing. And so he's really like, he loves the outdoors and camping and, and going on like adventures like that. So a lot of that was, it has been instilled in me through my dad. So I think part, a big part of my family, uh, lineage, I have this like, go, go, go type of mode. Something that I'm thankful that I got from my mom. My mom is more the, like the chill type of person. Like, okay, don't go, don't go like too fast or don't go too hard. So I've, I've kind of had that balance from like my dad and then, and then my mom. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'll kind of just share, just like, I'll kind of go back backwards a little bit. So rewind a little bit. So, uh, I was, I, my, the first five years of my life, I, I lived in Yuma, Arizona. You know, yeah. You know, you know, where that's at. there's a, um, a military, uh, base there, right? Yeah. Marine It's a Marine space. Yeah. So no, there's Yuma sucks. There's nothing cool about Yuma. Um, uh, but my dad was, like I say, my dad was in the border patrol, right? So Yuma is obviously right there, uh, border, border town. So, um, he was stationed there. Um, and like at the time that like thought there was, there was legitimately like no, like great hospitals there. <laughs> so, uh, when I was born, I was my, my 
family was living in Yuma, but they, uh, they both my parents grew up in Long Beach, right here, Long Beach, California. It's like an hour and a half north from here. Um, and so they, when I was about to, when my mom was about to go into labor with me, like the, uh, like two weeks before that, she, um, we, she went up to her, my, my grandma's house, uh, her, her mom to kind of stay there. So I could, so I could be born at the long beach hospital, which is like a way more like legit hospital. Cause Yuma didn't have like a, it was sketchy, you know? So I was born in long beach, long beach, uh, um, uh, hospital, um, but then I would, like I said, the first five years of my life lived in Yuma, Arizona, had a, like a, definitely memories there, um, uh, various memories in that place. Um, but, uh, then my family, when I was five, my family moved to San Diego, which God bless them for making that decision. Cause like, yes, there's, like I said, nothing going on in Yuma. Um, and San Diego is awesome. So I've ever, ever since I've been five, I've lived here in San Diego. And another kind of connection, my dad, you know, being in the border patrol, San Diego, obviously another border town. So he just got stationed here. Uh, my mom, like I said, she, she worked, um, a few different jobs, but like the, the, that, the big majority of the, of my upbringing, she was kind of the stay at home mom. I have a younger brother and, uh, an older sister. So I, I always say this, I'm like, and this is, this is common with, uh, it goes back to the dysfunctional family thing and just analyzing people's roles. Like everyone has a role, right? Like in a family, it's really, it's super interesting. I don't know if you've like st studied this at all, but there's a whole like, uh, like, um, family dynamic, you know? Um, uh, and you're, cause you're an only child, right? I, by blood. Yeah. But yeah. I have, I have step siblings. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. And so even that there's a whole, like, picture that can be painted with that and your role, like your role in your family and everyone has a unique role. So, uh, in, in, in my, uh, experience, just from my, my knowledge, like typically the middle child is like a troublemaker. <laughs> it's like a very common, uh, thing. It's like a, it's a common trend. So I like my older sister, she is, uh, like the, like kind of the all-star, like straight A student, like literally legit. She was like the valedictorian of her, of her, uh, class, uh, like head of the, head of the cheerleading squad, like, like super, um, super smart, like really intelligent and, um, like kind of on the straight and narrow. So she's kind of like the star child, you know, I mean, my sister are super close, by the way. I love my sister. She loves, she, uh, lives up in, um, uh, and her family, uh, is up in Santa Barbara. So they're up there. And then my younger brother, he's like super mellow. He's just like very chill, like cool, calm, collected. He's just, you know, he's into surfing him and him, uh, and myself were, you know, him being my brother, we were super close. Um, I was, you know, typically, uh, I was into all this, you know, um, Southern California stuff growing up as a kid, right? Like riding bikes, skateboarding, in the neighborhood, like just doing like, you know, what kids do in the neighborhood, you know, having fun, goofing off and stuff. Um, again, super good childhood. Uh, fast forward to when I was about um, 17 in, in high school, uh, about 16, 17. That's when I started to uh, kind of dabble in like the party scene. And I always gravitated to, and I still, I still feel like this. I, 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 I tend to gravitate towards people like my friend group i like people that are a little quirky or like off the wall or like into some type of um like they're into like the counterculture a little bit because i have that like i have just like a rebellious spirit in me you know and i think that's good i don't want to totally like as i'm maturing in my life and as i'm developing 
um, I want to keep that. I want to keep that sense of rebelliousness, but like to a certain point, I'm not trying to like, you know, push it to the boundaries and then like end up in prison for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I don't want to push it too much, but I feel like God, like he, he put that in me and I feel like he's put that in a lot of people and, and it's, it's, it's to be nurtured for good. Right. And to rebel. I mean, shoot, I, shoot like we can rebel against evil. We can rebel, we can push back towards, um, darkness and, and so forth. But anyway, um, I, uh, I've always gravitated to like people that are, are, are like unique and just kind of like weirdos and artists and people that are kind of have that rebellious thing kind of going on. So in high school, that was like the friend group that I, that I gravitated to, you know? And, um, that's always, that, that, that's also, um, uh, typically like the party crowd, you know? So it's a group that was like, you know, having the parties on the weekends, drinking and stuff. So that was kind of my, you asked about my experience with, um, being in recovery and stuff. And, um, so yeah, in, in high school, I was, you know, started drinking. That's kind of where it started. And sm then I started smoking weed. Um, again, this was like, when I was like 16, 17 and, um, dude, I, I just was super into it. I it's, it, it, it was, it became a very, uh, at first it was a kind of a gradual progression. Like it's just a little bit of weed, a little bit of drinking. I wasn't like full blown, like <laughs> addict alcoholic from the get go. But there was like thinking back on it, there was a gradual sense of progression. That progression got um, it got sped up closer, like a few years later. Um, but I yeah. And then when I was about 18, 19, uh, that's kind of when I started to get into um, that's when I discovered pain pills. So like opiates. Yeah, that was something that when I tried for the first time. I remember um, my, my parents had like a medicine uh, cabinet and I like snuck in there. And, um, this is when I was just kind of in this phase where I was like experimenting with like, like all different types of drugs, you know? Yeah. And, um, they had these, um, my parents in their, their medicine cabinet had this, like a, a, um, uh, medicine bottle that was like, had a, it was like half full of, uh, like Vicodin. And I got in there and I was like, you know, I, I had to kind of like sneak it. Cause I didn't want them to know that I was like going into their medicine cabinet yeah, yeah. and like taking it, you know? So I took like one and then like, I would go, I went back like the next day and took like two and then like. The next day you know and then like by the end of like that next week or two it was like empty so i'm like uh, i just i'm like man they, they probably found out eventually but i uh once i discovered opiates bro i was like i was like i i love i was like obsessed i was like i my my my, my mind was like i'm i want to do this as often as i possibly can what do you think was that for you that made it that like were for example like out of like doing drinking and smoking weed, what was it like opiates specifically that? Yeah, I mean, they're literally, good question. They're literally designed, like they're called painkillers, you know? So they're literally designed to have you make, have you feel this like euphoria, kind of warm and fuzzy type yeah. of feeling that's like, you just feel like on, you're on, the, on top of the world. So when I was doing, when I was getting involved in that, when I was like trying that stuff out, my introductory to opiates, even drinking and stuff like that, like I had no idea what it would where my life would go because of that you know because i would like i said my started doing pain pills and then a couple years later um uh, just a couple years later i tried heroin for the first time oh dang and that's the thing that like really just took me down a path of like crazy crazy darkness so even that like the first time i i did dope the first time i i tried heroin i, I had i knew what i was that what i was doing was sketchy like you know it's like pretty uh significant like it's just known that that's a uh like legit like it's like you know crack or meth and hair it's like one of the like the big yeah, like sketchy, sketchy ones you know for sure so yeah. i knew it was bad what i was getting into 
but not to the extent I didn't know like what my life would look like just a, a couple years down the line because of me trying it for the first time, you know? And sure enough, like when I started using dope, it, w it went from like use to abuse to like full on addiction, like quick, you know? And it, it all kind of traced back. Like I said, like when I was smoking weed and just drinking, like, you know, in, in high school, it wasn't a big deal, but then like there, there, with that being said, there was still that progression, you know? So for about 10 years of my life, dude, I was fully strung out on, on dope. And, um, it, it led me to being just super broken. Um, I tried to manage it. I tried to figure out like different ways to try to keep it kind of not under control, but just manage my life at the same time using, using drugs. And so dude, it eventually led me down to being to homelessness and, um, like fully like eating out of trash cans, like living in community parks, like living in the canyon behind the, you know, the park and stuff. And, um, and then, um, I would make attempts to get clean. This is a little bit later I, when I was starting to get kind of beat up and, uh, I would go to treatment, like I would go to rehab, um, and I would do little stints there. I've been to rehab like a total of like five, five or six times. Um, and, uh, I would, I would make an attempt to get clean and it just, it wouldn't stick. Um, and cause I wasn't done, like I had to get done and this is my biggest encouragement and it sounds kind of messed up, but like <laughs> my biggest encouragement for any of anyone, in the audience that is maybe struggling with, with, uh, addiction or, or if you guys know anyone that's, that struggles with addiction is like the best thing for me was to get done. Like I had to get so much pain. That's really my biggest advice is like, go get so much pain that you're willing to kind of hit that rock bottom and then just surrender and like give up. You know, I got to a point where I was like, like I said, it went to treatment like five times and, um, I'd been, uh, I went to jail a couple times. I was incarcerated just from like getting caught with drugs on me, like possession of, uh, of having, you know, of drugs on me. And, um, that's where I hit my bottom. I got, I got, I was locked up. Um, and I was in, I was in jail and I'm like, Hey, I like, and I remember having this like spiritual warfare <laughs> going on in my mind. I'm like, okay, I could stay in here for like, you know, however long the next couple of weeks or whatever, and then get out and then go back to getting my swerve on and like, you know, go get high some more or option B is I can, I had the option cause I got in touch with a, a buddy of mine who he runs a treatment center, who, which I had been to before some, um, like in the recent, uh, past, uh, before that time. So I was like, okay, two options. I could like, you know, stick it out for the next couple of weeks and then get out and just, you know, continue what I'm trying to do try to manage my life on drugs. Or second option is like, get, get out of here and go back to treatment and like, you know, get, get this thing. So, um, there was like, they say, you ever heard the term, like having a moment of clarity. So that was, that was the case for me. I think it was like, a, it was like, it was a supernatural thing. And I've had like spiritual experiences before trying to get clean, but this one was like pretty profound. It, it was like, you know what it was, bro. I, I, I had the thought in my mind it, I, I truly realized that if I kept going the way I was going, I was going to die like straight up. I'm like, if I, cause I was going so hard with like the way I was using. And I'm like, if I keep going like this, like I'm going to die. You know I'm like? I'm like that, that kind of, uh, it kind of freaked me out. Uh, cause I was, it, it was, I was so, I was so clear, um, whatever supernatural moment of clarity type of thing that was. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, 
dude, screw it. Like, I'm going to get out of here, go back to treatment again. And, um, uh, fast forward eight years later. <laughs> so wow. yeah, coming. I, uh, this next month, actually I'm celebrating eight years sober. Oh, wow. Yeah, bro. Yeah. So super, super humbled and, and grateful for my recovery. I tell, uh, when I, I have this conversation with people, I, I like to say that, um, the, the most important part of my life is my recovery. Okay. And the most important part of my recovery is my spiritual health, my relationship with God. Like literally I, I try my absolute best to be, um, as quick as I possibly can to give, to give the Lord credit, to give him credit for my sobriety. Cause I did some work, like I worked some steps to get it, but it, it's, it, it all circles back to, to honoring, um, the Lord, because if it wasn't for my spiritual experience and him, like rescuing me out of yeah. that, that, um, that despair, like I, yeah. I probably would be dead, you know? So hundred percent, man. Yeah. yeah. When you're that deep, I feel like you need something bigger than you for sure. Cause you totally can't on your own. You can't, there has to be some type of spiritual experience. Like yeah. that's what we teach in recovery. Like without yeah. a spiritual experience, it, it's yeah. basically impossible to have a uh, long-term sobriety, yeah, you know? Cause you just kind of fall back into it. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. It has man. to be literally something like supernatural yeah. that comes in and like, you know, yeah. takes you out of that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty deep to think about. Yeah, no, it is, man. I had, um, so I had, I had issues with drugs, but not, not on the, the extent and, and the level that you, you had. Um, when I was in high school, I kind of like, it's funny. I was like very straight and narrow, like all of, um, like elementary, middle school and high school, most of, most of high school. Um, I, I remember, I don't know. Did you have those dare classes where the yeah. cops would show up <laughs> yeah, no. and, and they'd be like, don't do that. heroin, don't they do try to like scare you from, yeah, yeah. 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 It's actually funny because research came out that that actually invoked more drug use because they were like showing people what the drug looked like, you know, yeah. where to get it. Like that's not weird. directly, but by saying, don't go here to go get this, you're saying you can go get it right here kind of totally. thing. Um, that's why they don't have that. I think as a kid too, it like, because when you're a kid, if you, if someone tells you like, don't do that, like you want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So it it, it actually was an issue. That's why they don't do them anymore. Yeah. That's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah. I remember going through all that. And then I, I personally, my, my, um, my, uh, grandfather, he died from lung cancer because he smoked cigarettes. Mm. So then I was like, I was just like, for me, I just thought like all drugs gave you cancer kind of growing up. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do drugs. Um, and then it was in high school where, um, like middle school, all, all my friends are doing drugs, high school where it was, where everybody was drinking, doing more drugs. And, uh, I wouldn't even drink, dude. I, I didn't, I didn't like to drink. I didn't like, I didn't think it was that, that good. Um, yeah. but like the way I saw it as the, the older I got was like, oh, like, um, you know, my brain is, is like my most valuable asset. Like I need to protect it. Cause I know there's certain drugs that mess up your brain permanently. Sure. Um, so then I was very like. Um, kind of like straight and narrow. Like all my friends, we would, we would go out, we'd go do things, and they want to do drugs, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm good." Um, and I was the only one in the friend group who never did drugs. Um, but it wasn't until my my sophomore year, mid sophomore year, my life got really hard. Um, was where I was like, you know what? Um, I was like, screw it, I'm gonna I'm gonna try uh, I'm gonna try weed for the first time. And coincidentally, the the person who uh that I tried it from was Lewis, was uh you know our mutual yeah, friend. Yeah. Um, cause his dad came to California, got like all these weed lollipops, came back and then, uh, Lewis took some and he gave it to all of us. Like he like, we broke them up and then he gave it to all. And I, I didn't really care. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it in my backpack. Yeah. I kept it in my backpack for weeks. And then, um, and then I, I, I ate that lollipop and that was the first time I, I did drugs and 
it was a weird experience because it was edible and that was like, I don't recommend like doing drugs at all. But if you were to do it the first time, edible is not the way to go. And then um, I ended up um, kind of like just, I thought it was weird, whatever. Um, but that kind of like opened that door. Did you get you know? I did. Yeah. Lollipop. And I was, I was at church. <laughs> like coincidentally, dude, I, I, I was thinking like, I didn't know what was going to happen, but, um, and then I ended up kind of telling myself I'm not doing that again but I had a whole bunch of my friends who were like you know smoking weed so I was like you know what let me try smoking it instead of eating it mm -hmm. so again it opened that door to then um you know put my defenses down to do it and I was like whatever like you know things weren't great at home things weren't great in school academically and then like I just got like my heart broken by this girl so it's like a, it was just like a chaotic storm um, to be able to just like really I was vulnerable and, and then the yeah. people around me were just kind of like uh, already doing it so I, I went down that hole and then I have a I tell people I have like a very like addictive personality I feel like um I'm not like not like in an it, it can be negative but like you know like I, if I love shoes I'm gonna get a whole bunch of shoes like all in yeah exactly yeah. Like if I love doing one thing I'm gonna do a lot totally. of I'm gonna, you know, I relate like to that that's what I like to, to yeah. do right so I I liked the experience of of, of weed and I, I smoked so much I had I always had a lot of weed on me um, but I kind of had, I kind of like moved my line a little bit. I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm uh, okay. I'm going to do drugs, but I'm not going to do any drugs that are like not natural. Mm -hmm. So I'd only do weed. And then I, would, I was only open to doing like shrooms. Mm -hmm. I, like if I were to ever do anything different. Um, and then I ended up, um, pretty much doing, like I had, I had to like this, this whole battle, like with my mom, like trying to find like shoes. She knew I was doing drugs, but she couldn't prove it. Cause I was always like, you know, like trying to stay one step ahead of her. Yeah. Um, and then I was like partying, doing all these things. And I kind of was in a very rebellious uh, stage of my life and uh, pretty much went down the line of, of like telling myself like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not addicted. Like I can stop whenever I'll take breaks here and there, but I'd always start again, you know? So like, it was just, it was never really like something I ever overcame. Um, and then it wasn't until I realized in high school, like my senior year that I was like, you know what, like. I was able to get get by high school, like academically, like I didn't do as great anymore, but I was able to make it look like I was doing great on paper. Like I was just, yeah. I just cheated really well. It's pretty much like what I was doing, right? So on paper, it looked like I was a great academic, but I actually wasn't that, that smart. Um, and then I couldn't, didn't really have a lot of chances to get into college. Um, and then I didn't really want to go into college either. Plus like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't about to do school for another four more years, but pay for it. So I was like, I need to do something with my life. And I saw a lot of my friends who, cause I was a lot, I was good friends with seniors when I was like a sophomore and it was like, just made everything accessible. They had jobs, they had cars. So they would always, they were the always like, wanted like they were either drug dealers and then they would always pick me up and like smoke me out. Like, so it was always like kind of fun to be around the older crowd. Yeah. Um, but I, I noticed by the time I was a senior, these guys were out of school for like two, three years. And a lot of them were doing the same thing. Mm. Uh, still like, you know, still selling drugs, still doing the same. And I was like, man, I really don't want to be like these guys. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to leave. And then the only way I could leave was, I, I mean, I didn't have any money and I didn't have scholarships or anything. So I was like, was to join the Marine Corps. And it was something I've always wanted to do. Um, but it wasn't until I decided that I wanted to do that, that I was like, okay, well, I have to get my, my stuff together. I got to actually clean up. And then I ended up... Um, I could, it was actually a little hard for me to kick the addiction of um, weed because I, I literally embedded my whole life around it. Like everything I did, like everybody loved to be around me because I always had a lot of weed. Yeah. I had a car and I had weed and then I, I was always like available. Like I literally, I never wanted to be home. So I would like pack my day into like smoking with like probably 10 people a day, you know, 10 different people. I'd pick them up, we'd go to a park, smoke. And then, and then by the time they got to go home, I go do the same thing with somebody else. And then I would, wouldn't come home till like maybe two, 3 a.m. Right. So. 
um, I would always find things to do and my whole life revolved around it. I was like, I was probably, you know, high more than I was sober throughout the day. And um, so to, for me to kick it was to kick my whole, like my, my whole habit and my whole life. So it was kind of, it was a little hard. I had to do a new lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, I ended up doing shrooms um, and then I had kind of like that, that, that experience, but it wasn't like a hundred percent like organic because it's not like. It wasn't like a God experience. It was it was a more of a emulation of of what it could be. That's why a lot of people like shrooms and they feel very spiritual on them yeah. because it's an emulation of what God does. Hmm. Um, but I was able to to stop smoking weed and then I kind of got my life together. Um, I, lo- I lost a lot of friends. Not necessarily like nobody wanted to be my friend, but I just didn't have any reason to hang out because they, they all they wanted to do is smoke weed and yeah. got into fitness because I had to get my you know get a certain score to get into the Marine Corps all stuff. Sure. And then, um, but then I was like, that I figured out like shrooms doesn't pop up on a drug test. So then I got really like hooked on shrooms, although it's not a, like an addictive drug. Yep. Um, and then also you can't do it as much cause it, it eventually just loses its touch. Yeah. Um, so you had to like, I had to spread it out on how much I did it, but I did it a lot more than, yeah. than, than most people would have. Cause I had that again, that addictive. I wish there was a phase where I was like big yeah. into like psychedelics yeah. and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So I would, I dude, I, I would do it extremely, I, again, the same addictive personality, just a different focus. Yeah. And then um, I did that, and then and then I and then I pushed my line. Then okay, well, I'll, I'll only do psychedelics. So I'm open to uh, shrooms, LSD. I'm only gonna trip balls. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> literally, yeah, and literally, bro. And then I would always try to. And then everybody thought it was like, because at least where I'm from here, I've, I've realized in California, it's actually it's almost common. But in Florida, it's not as common. At least I mean, maybe now it is. But I would always have, try to find friends to trip with, and people thought I was like crazy. I'm like, bro, you're out here like doing lean, and you're yeah. calling me crazy, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm like, but again, we all had our, our issues. Yeah. But it wasn't until I joined the Marine Corps where I had to. I was forced to like I didn't have access to drugs, I, yeah. you know. And then um, fast forward to uh, six years later, well, technically five years. I had a five year contract. Uh, I got out and then now, you know, I, I run my own business, so I don't have a, I don't need to get drug tested. And I had the option for the first time to go back to doing drugs because there's nothing holding me back from it. Yeah. Um, and I'm in California, you know, the weed is apparently really good out here, all this stuff. And, and I thought I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be telling the truth if, if I said I never thought about it, if I would, didn't consider it, like maybe let's just try or maybe like, yeah. maybe, you know, and then obviously I'm a Christian too at this time in my life. So it, it was very conflicting. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, I was trying to use all those justifications. Like, oh, well, if God made it, you know, all these things. And yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just trying to, I was really trying to justify trying to try it because I was like, oh, I've always wanted to try Cali weed, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, ultimately, I made the decision not to because, yeah. um, again, I still have that addictive personality. And I was like, like, That's good. I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to do all these things. My, my life is sermon, bro. Yeah. My life is so hectic. I was like, why would I want to open that door? Yeah. If I don't even know, like, I can't tell you for sure if I, if I could close it on my own. So my, like, why would I like throw on that extra baggage on my life? Totally. Um, like willingly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something I over already overcame. So, um, I decided so, not to. Yeah. And then so, um, you know, fast forward now, like obviously like, you know, I don't, I don't do any drugs, but I, I relate with people who, who do or yeah. who have. Yeah. Um, but my question is for you, did you see like you're using drugs as an outlet because you felt like you were running away from something kind of, yeah. what, what was that for you? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think for me, it was just a sense of escape. I, I, even now I've done all the, the step work and processing it. I'm not even quite sure what I was trying to escape, but whatever reality, like whatever sober state of mind, like, dude, like it was like years and years and years 
Like I can look back to see like one single day where I like didn't have to do some type of pill or drink or whatever, you know, cause it was like, I just wasn't okay with just being in my own self, like being, having a sober, sober state of mind, you know? So yeah. with that being said, there was obviously some, it was just this escapism, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, just the, the physical euphoria and the way that, that it made me, made me, made me feel, um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people make some type of connection to like childhood trauma. Again, everyone, like I said, everyone has some type of dysfunction in their upbringing. Um, I, I didn't really have any like crazy, uh, childhood trauma, but, um, perhaps there was some, some type of, uh, some level of dysfunction that I was, you know, um, maybe even subconsciously, not even really knowing from my youth that I, um, you know, carried with me in, in to that, season of life where I was like, got super involved in, in that. But, um, yeah, I, um, people like, you know, ask that question. It's like, okay, you, you ask, you ask a drug addict, like, okay, like why, like, why do you get high? Like, why do you get high every single day? You know? And the initial response is to be like, Oh, I just like the way it makes me feel like it makes me feel great, you know? But you know, you peel back the, the layers of the onion and like, there's definitely some after doing, I call it like, I call it heart work. It, it's, it's, um, it's a series of, uh, you know, work. It, it's work like straight up. And I, when I first got into recovery, I didn't want to do the work. Uh, I, it reminded me, I had like flashbacks to like school and like, like academics and, and, and high school. I didn't, I was, I didn't do good in high. I didn't like school. I'm like, I was too high energy. I couldn't sit still. Um, I'm like, I was super hyper all the time. And I, I, I just, I like, I like barely graduated, you know, uh, school wasn't really my thing. Um, and so I got into, uh, recovery and they were like, you know, um, they, they were like, you gotta, you gotta do some work. Like you gotta do these steps. And there's, there's like writing involved and reading. Um, and it reminded me of like school and I'm like, ah, oh, that's lame. I don't want to do it. Like, can you guys just like teach me how to stay clean with like, without having to like do the inventory and the steps and making amends and like taking, doing all this stuff. Um, and they're like, no, dude, like if you're serious about staying sober long-term, like you got to do work. And, and like I said, I call it heart work. So I guess to, to tie it back to what you were saying is like definitely through, through that process of, of my healing journey, uh, I've been able to definitely discover like what it was as, as, um, in, in my youth, um, maybe that, what, what, what were, there were certain things that I was you know, running from or escaping from, or didn't just didn't want to think about, but, um, yeah, it's like, I think your story is really cool. And thank you for sharing that with me, by the way. And I think that's a really good example. Like your story is, um, I, I love to hear you, um, share about your experience in, in the military and, um, uh, thank you for your service. Seriously. I know I've told you that before, but, um, so cool. Um, and really good example. I've had many friends that they, uh, similar stories, like they were like getting buck wild in their life. And then they like signed up for the military and like the military helped them to find this, to, to, to find, um, you know, discipline and, and how to be kind of like teach those, like this, 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 those skill sets of like how to be a man, you know, how to be, um, you know, do, do the right thing, integrity, you know, especially, especially, uh, I know, especially in uh, the Marines, Marines are really big on like, uh, core values, right? Um, I was never in the in the service, but I, I I do know that that's a big thing for, again, sp specifically the the Marines having having those core values. And so, um, I love to hear your how you kind of had that experience and that helped you. Like your experience in the military helped you 
uh, to find whatever it was to kind of give you that structure and, and, uh, to, to be able to live like a, um, a healthy life after that. So it really was more of like a, kind of like a forced, uh, like detox Mm -hmm. in in a way. Cause I feel like, uh, at least I'm, I'm not an expert or anything, but when it comes to addiction, at least what I found with addiction, there's uh, the physical aspect of like a, a drug having a physical hold on you or, or alcohol or food or whatever. And then there's a psychological aspect. Mm. Um, when you cut off the physical aspect first, like especially, for example, like nicotine or heroin, yeah, you have your withdrawals and all these things. Um, but there's a certain point where your body is actually overcome it. Yeah. And um, when you can do that, you're 50% there. Mm. So the Marine Corps was kind of like that for me where I had no access. I was unable to, you know, do drugs because I got drug tested, plus the fear of losing, you know, my benefits and all, all these things, all the years that I put in. Um, all that really was that, that like uh, isolation that allowed my body to um, not necessarily desire those things. Mm. Um, and then the second aspect was the mental aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the mental aspect, you know, it was in the Marine Corps, you know, they do teach a lot of like self-discipline, all these things. And so that helped me give me the basic, kind of give me the, the basic tools to yeah. be able to, um, when I had the choice, when I got out, um, to then actually make make the right choice. Yeah. A lot of people who are in the Marine Corps, they're really good at, at just, they're not necessarily good at having the self-discipline, having the integrity and all that stuff. They're really good at just following the orders to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they leave and they don't have to follow those orders, it's almost like, yeah, it kind of goes out the window. Totally. So, um, but I was in, you know, five years, it gave me enough time to, to really make that decision. Cause I mean, I, I remember when I was, when I just got in, I was like, man, I can't wait till I get out. <clears throat> I'm going to go do all these drugs. Like kind of like just kind of, I was counting down then as, as the day got closer and, you know, at the same time, my relationship with God was revived and I was more involved in my community with my church and my spiritual um, health was just kind of like growing and all these things. So then that really, when that transition happened was really my, um, my, my bridge or really just my support to be able to make the right decision. Cause if I didn't have that, if you remove that element, I would have just gone back to drugs, you know, to be honest, like, um, because I'd never addressed the real reason why I went into drugs, um, Mm -hmm. until I was, you know, until I, 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 I was born again as a Christian. Yeah. Um, and I love your answer in the aspect of like, you know, you knew you were running away from something. A lot of times it is so, like a more of a subconscious thing. I feel like a lot of people look for the answers of like, oh, like I had this one thing happen to me and it just ruined everything for me and it became like a downward spiral. But yeah. what I feel like is more relatable is exactly what you said. Like yeah. a lot of times, especially as teenagers is when people mostly get into drugs is um, we tend to allow like these little things they're not like you know in the moment they feel like they're everything to us because we don't have a lot going on in our lives Mm. um but we allow these little things and a lot of times we don't even remember what they were we just remember how they made us feel um make decisions like doing drugs and then then that opens up that door and then that door becomes a spiral down effect so then when you go back and say what was it you're like i don't really know i just know that i didn't like the way i felt and so i supplemented Totally. And Even so that's you're like a yeah. really, really young age. Like I yeah. think of like my daughter and like I have a, I have a one-year-old daughter now. I know you have baby Ion stud. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think of them, like I think, I think of my daughter, I'm like, dude, I, I want to do, it makes me want to really love her, you know, and tend to her. And mm-hmm. like, I always want to make sure she feels like, um, uh, just really like highly loved, you know, because I think it starts, dude, it starts even when we even have 
some trauma can start even before we have our first memories. Yeah. You know, when we're like, like yeah. India's age, you know, one or two. And it's like mm -hmm. that really as, as we grow in our lives and most of it isn't, it's, um, parenting, right? Yeah. The stuff that we observe, uh, the stuff that's modeled from yeah. our parents, we were taking that in like, right. We're, we're born with like a blank slate, right? Yeah. That's why it's so cool. You see babies like baby Ion right now. He has no fears, yeah. like zero fear, yeah, which yeah. is like so crazy to think about. Cause there's nothing yeah. that has happened to him in his life that has put um, stuff in his mind that has that have has made him yeah. uh, have any t any sense of fear because he doesn't really need that. But uh, eventually we go through life having experiences and yeah. stuff like, you know, like startles us or, or stuff we realize is, is bad or there's negative consequences. So we develop our, our mindset around kind of the, the world as as we go through this 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 path that we're on. Yeah. And so it makes me, again, just think of it now, I'm like on this whole trip of like, you know, being a, being a dad, I'm like, I, yeah. I really, I really want to be adamant about, and I'm not perfect, dude. I'm still, like I said, I ate your sober, <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, dude, I'm still a work in progress. You know, yeah. I still, some old behavior sometimes comes, like if I was being honest, dude, yeah. like stuff comes up and I'm yeah. like, I get like stupid thoughts in my mind, you know, and I get mm -hmm. kind of funky sometimes that. I'll go, I'll go into like a, uh, I'll get, sometimes I get anxious, yeah. you know, just being real. And yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like into personal development and growth. I have, I've, I've taken on a, a growth mentality, Yeah. but there's still stuff that comes up that I got to work. I stuck the, that work I was mentioning that, mm -hmm. that heart work and, and, and doing, um, that type of work. Like I, I still have to mm -hmm. do that on a daily basis, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, still, still like, I think we're, it's a never ending, uh, process of, of development. I'm so thankful. I've, I like found, I discovered the world of personal development, you know? Yeah. And I was also going to include, like, I love, uh, I know that you're into personal development as well and that whole, um, that whole realm. And so it's, it's super interesting to me yeah. to, to see how people like you and myself, like discovered that whole, uh, yeah. concept. And like it, for me, it was, you know, my, my journey with recovery, like that was kind of my introduction to, yeah. uh, uh, um, self-development was from, uh, getting, yeah. getting clean for you. It sounds like it was the same. Also like yeah. the military yeah, sounds yeah. like, like in my assessment, it looks like the, it seems like the military was really like your intro to personal development, Yeah, I which is like, so cool. I feel like I, um, and it, it's wild because yeah. everyone has their own, um, life experience that was, th that ended up being their, their own intro to that whole, to that, yeah. um, realm. It's pretty yeah. crazy, you know, as like the introduction to, yeah, to personal development. I feel like for me, um, I feel like I've always was very interested in like personal development. I feel like when I was younger, I was very like self-aware, um, but I never had anything to apply it to. And I, cause I never had any role models and nobody ever talked about like personal development, anything like that growing up. Um, and then I remember, um, it was like when I had like a shroom trip, like I literally sat in like my bathroom for like two hours, like staring at myself, like as if I was somebody else to like really examine who I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, who am I? Like, what do I want to be looked at? Like, like, crazy. like trying to really see what that was like, um, in the aspect of like, you know, Am I being intentional about my life? Am I just, you know, and that, that was one of the things where I realized, you know, I wasn't doing the best that I could have done in high school. Although I wasn't great academically, like the internet was still a thing. I could have been building a business. I wish I was actually, I started a business when I was in high school and I didn't actually pursue it because I was so into drugs. And um, 
although like, you know, I, I'm doing pretty decent right now within my business, but you know, I, I always look back and like, what could have, what could have been if I, if I really just, you know, actually started the work earlier. Um, but for me, I, did, I had lack of role models. And then, um, when I joined the Marine Corps, I had more role models, you know, they weren't perfect. Um, but it was more than I had. And then uh, from there, I started to realize more of like, okay, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Um, and then actually starting to realize um, what is it that I want to become? I had more clarity on that. And then I kind of went into the aspect of thinking of like, like, what is that roadmap look like? I went into like YouTube videos, started reading books, and then went down that whole rabbit hole yeah. of like, you know, the whole self-help thing and um, went into entrepreneurship through that and and it really was for sure the marine corps propelled that for me yeah because i had more resources too um and then i actually just kind of went down that 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 hole and then at the same amount of the same time that i was going down that hole i was actually um i ended up you know having my relationship with with jesus kind of like spark up again because i realized that there was a uh, an alignment you know like how a lot of, i started reading all these health self-help books like think and grow rich and um, yeah. the, you know, the, the secret and all these things. And, um, yeah, I was really in, into all that. And then I realized that when I was reading the Bible, um, because I grew up, I grew up Christian and I, I knew the Bible in and out, but I never looked at it as a, as I only looked at it as more of like a, like a one dimensional, like uh piece of, of, of paper and yeah. words. I never thought there was like more to it. Like I thought it was just like, you got to cite this. Like, re relational. Know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, but when I, when I kind of went down the, the self-help um, rabbit hole and then at the same time, kind of, kind of had that intersection of where, uh, you know, Jesus was reintroduced into my life. And then I was re reading certain scriptures and I, I realized how all this stuff from self-help and, you know, that, that whole lifestyle of self-improvement is, literally the same exact thing wow yeah the only difference is that they rip out god from it they call it the universe they call it whatever they, yeah, yeah whatever it is they just replace it yeah but the the fundamentals the basics and the principles are all the same. a lot of the same principles yeah for sure yeah so that's how it kind of started with and me. having that discernment right having that balance to know that right yeah. and as believers like still appreciating you know Pers the personal development world but then yeah. also like making sure that we're staying on point with having yeah. our faith you know so i yeah. think like it's people like you and many of my friends that have like been able to find that that groove. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think leads to like a really you know fruit fruitful life. Hundred percent, man. Because there is a lot of. I mean, it's like I think what personal development does really well is it takes these biblical principles and it makes it more, um, you know, to today's day and age. Like you know, the Bible is extremely relevant. You know, yeah, which is impressive. The fact that it's over two thousand years old and it's relevant to today. And you know, we have AI and. Yeah. All this technology and, and this this book is still extremely relevant. Mm -hmm. But I think what it does is it takes it, you know, into today's world and makes it a little bit more digestible. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's all the same. It's coming from yeah. that one source. But with but where I think that the, it, it kind of it falls short is where it removes God out of it. Um totally. But yeah, that's kind of and kinda... a lot of my like personal favorite, I call them mentors, even though I've never met them, but like via, you know, their books yeah. and the content I've found from them online, I they're like I consider them my mentors because it's yeah. like, why not? You yeah, know, yeah. Um, people, I, I was going to say my favorite, um, you know, like the legends in, in the personal development space. Yeah. My my personal favorites, like they tend to be believers because I, yeah. I have a next level of appreciation That's for their message, you know? So people like, you know, Zig Ziglar, Eric Thomas, 
um, Ed Milet. Like these yeah. dudes are like on fire for the Lord, you know? Yeah, and I, I like the way that they convey that message in a way that's like not spiritually arrogant. Mm -hmm. So they're still able to, you know, speak to a large audience, but then also like are very uh, um, real and effective uh, with the yeah. way that they bring uh, the truth like that, yeah. you know? 100%. So. I, I do notice the same thing where there's a lot of people in the personal development world um, and you can see there's a difference in the ones that you can have that yeah. understanding, yeah, which is really interesting because they're like, like extra, yeah, like extra um, uh, fulfilled. It seems, yeah, like. and they have more of a, a profound understanding, and I think it just like and it hits harder, um, even if you're not like Christian, like you would never even know. There's a lot of people who I know, I uh, love like Jordan Peterson, but yeah. they would never know that he believes in Jesus, yeah, um, until obviously now he talks more about it, but um, he knows how to like with the mix of what he knows plus plus that deeper understanding i think i think really makes a great combination and yeah, it, he's it, deep. It, it makes he's you, super deep yeah he is he's <laughs> he's 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 awesome man i love he's him. he's legit he really is and i think the, the same thing really good voice for our our generation oh, yeah 100%. especially with men amongst, yeah especially men. what's happening now like and i think i've noticed that trend too because if you look at you know throughout history 90 percent of the top scientists were all christian you know mm -hmm. and they're the ones who made the, the biggest impact well, in our society um, and I think it's, it's because a lot of times people correlate like being a Christian actually kind of like caps you, hinders you um, in whatever it is, whether it's science, uh, business or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's the total opposite because because, you know, the you know, the origin and, and the true source, you have a different uh, level of uh, awareness, uh, awareness yeah. advantage, all these things. And it, it really I, I've noticed that for sure. I like that you brought that yeah. up, man. But I love that. That's heavy. That's that a great thought. Yeah, no, I think that, and I, you'll notice it too, like within, I mean, like like we're we're more deeply involved in the Christian community. So sometimes when you're in, it becomes your normal. Yeah. Um, but I like to like try to remember like how it was when I was, because again, like I did the same thing. I was really into all these guys and the guys that really stuck the most, like th that what they said was like, oh, more profound. Yeah. Um, I've realized looking back, like, oh, this guy was Christian. And then I'm always like, wow, that's surprising, but I'm also not surprised at this point, yeah. you know? Totally. And it's really cool to see, man. And I, I like you that. Can you can tell you can tell the difference, man, even like when you just meet anyone, like in public or when you make a new friend, like when someone's truly operating under that sense of grace, mm. like there's a certain energy about them, you know? And yeah. it's like a really special thing. It's it's really unique. And I think it's seen uh you 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 notice it even more like one once you're walking in, in your faith, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's 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 really interesting to to think about that. That's awesome, man. How how was it for you, man? How did you? I know you had a recovery, and then you said that God got you through it. Was it like through your recovery that you found God? Where you did you grow yeah. up Christian? How was that for you? Totally, yeah. So I grew up in a in a um a house where where there was there was faith for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, my my parents actually were into the Catholic thing. <laughs> Hell yeah, no, me too, bro. Yeah, yeah that man. that was when I was like really young. Thankfully, they like they made some friends with people that were like um like down for the Lord, and so they yeah. were um like became more like they got, they started going to like a Baptist church, yeah, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. And then, um, so ever since I've been young, do I've always believed in God. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always had, uh, faith, mm. um, always felt like I, you know, there, I have a, a creator, right? Like yeah. there's a, a, a God that like has, you know, designed the universe and who who's like all powerful and like oversees everything. And, um, I even felt like I've like, I'm like loved by God, mm -hmm. but, uh, it never seemed like I had a personal relationship mm. with him, you know? Yeah. And so it took me for me again, it, I had to go through a lot of pain yeah. and discomfort and you know, like strife in order to 
finally surrender to the point where I kind of had to be like, okay, like, like, I, I think, a, I think a good question at, at a certain point uh, that I had asked myself is, is like, what's going to be different this time? You know, like how is my, cause I think sometimes like, um, faith, like many things in life, but like our, our, our view that we have with God, it kind of seems like the same for like years, even from when we're like a kid, it kind of just yeah. like, doesn't really develop much. It's kind of just stays the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I still pray this to this day, like from, from time to time, I, 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 I ask God, I'm like, I'm like, Lord, help me to set aside this, some stuff that I, I think I know, but maybe I could be like off with so I can have a new experience, you know? Yeah. And I felt like that's, that's a, a, one of my prayers is like, um, God reveal yourself in ways to me that I wasn't aware that I didn't know of before, yeah, you know, cause I, I want my faith to seem fresh. I think yeah. among like many Christians, they, it, their faith gets boring. Cause it's like, they, they go to the same, they like church on Sunday. They have their same, like, you know, devotionals and small, like small group, you know, which is great. Like to do those things consistently yeah. is great. But like, how powerful is it is to like, go to your prayer space and be like, Lord, reveal yourself in a way that like you haven't to yet before. Yeah. Like that's pretty powerful if you think about it. it Cause is, I yeah. want it to, it, I want it to be fresh, you know? And I think God wants that for us too. Mm -hmm. He wants our faith to seem like fresh and there's like a sense of newness to it. Cause then it makes it more uh, fun and it makes it yeah. more, uh, li um, uh, life filled, you know? Yeah. And more enjoyable. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I, hundred on the same page. Cause like, I, I feel like the people who, and I, you know, I've, I've fallen into this, this aspect to where I've put God in a box and, and into a routine where I've lost that freshness, that newness. Um, but I've realized every time where there is that freshness and that newness is where the most, um, appreciation and the most, uh, I guess, um, uh, I guess the, the deeper my understanding for God kind of grows, whereas is in that, in that aspect where I didn't see that coming or I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because it is new, um, and it really is, and I feel like that's how you really develop a relationship. Like if you look at it with like let's say like a marriage, right? If you consistently do the same thing every single day, and yeah, stay really gets, quick, you get yeah, stagnant, yeah, exactly. So why would you do that with with God? And mm, expect, well, you know, something different. Great and, perspective. And for me, like what always gets me is every time whether somebody tells me a testimony and how I was somewhat involved in it or how, you know, God, you know, put these pieces together that were, you know, like happening simultaneously over the course of three years. And I, and it like the breakthrough happens and I get to kind of see the unraveling of that, like that stuff, like just amazes me on how, how God is so, so great that he, mm. he can consistently, um, blow our minds, mm. even though we already know that he's going to blow our minds. Like it's, yeah. it's, that's already, if you think yeah. of that as a task in its own, like if someone says, Hey, like, I, I'm going to tell you that no matter what I'm going to do, I'm always going to blow your mind. And you know that, and I'm still going to blow your mind. <laughs> you know, like that's actually really hard to do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I was, there's like, that's yeah. still a, like a surprise element. Yeah. Like, and you already know it's coming, yeah. but it still surprises you anyways. Yeah. And how, like, and I think that no one can do that, um, besides God. And, and it really just shows the, the genius of God. And, yeah. um, and that stuff always, you know, even like the simple, simple stuff of, of like, um, you know, when I go on hikes and it's like, wow, like how this, this earth is operating um consistently at this level and these so people great. on it are doing you know these things and that stuff like is how do you like i i find it hard to run a business of like seven people you know what yeah I'm like how can you run a universe <laughs> and a globe of like seven billion you know yeah. what i mean um so it's crazy to to really just i always like to to always shift my perspective in that because it, it helps refresh that for me and 
and it keeps that that almost like that that kid like curiosity um and amazement you know what i mean like when, when yeah. a kid sees something for the first time you know you take them to like go see like a lion you've probably seen a lion like maybe five times and you're just not, not no longer amused but your kid is like oh my god like has that amazement that it's fresh and, and that yeah. memory is becomes a core memory for them that's i feel like god if you if you allow it god does that with you consistently sure um and i love that you say that man i, I that's something that I, I always strive to do as well like yeah um and and i love that man i love that you you uh shared your story with with me and, and up to the point of you you know really shifting and, and really recovering bro like that's that's one of those things that i feel like is one of the hardest things to do yeah and you were in it for a long time dude a decade is is a long time and you know 100 percent, bro like like really proud of you for doing that man Thanks, like man. it's 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 yeah. hard like it, it yeah. is really hard and and um i'm just I, I i i literally i'm just glad i made it out alive yeah you know like i have a lot of friends that they they didn't like they overdose you know like yeah. nowadays it's like whole fentanyl stuff yeah, it's, is crazy it's that's, like that's i still insane. bro literally i see like probably once like literally like probably once a month i see a new a facebook post where someone like died like passed away yeah. from uh an overdose you know and it's like yeah. someone i know like someone in, in my recovery community yeah 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 and i'm like sheesh it seems like more and more these days because yeah the, the fentanyl um yeah no it's epidemic is definitely like real you know and so yeah i um you know i think of like you know my, my people in my life that that um love me and i that i i love them as well you know like my like my mom and mm -hmm. and my my dad my wife my my um you know like my immediate family and the like my, my my closest friends yeah. i'm like dude i i i stay sober for me mm -hmm. like i'm on this path for me but also a, a byproduct of that is i know like I'm, I want my wife to be proud of me, you know? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I want my, my family to be proud of me, you know, cause of stuff that I, I, especially like with, with my family, I, I've put people in my life. I put, I've put them through hell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was going through it, when I was being a knucklehead. So I'm like <laughs> the best way to bless, I think about like my mom, right? Yeah. The best way I can bless my mom is like, just stay sober, Yeah. you know? And like when I was in the process of uh, making amends, to her like it's the, the same same situation like hey what can i do to make it right you know that's basically how that goes is like hey i know i've been um stupid in the past like what what can i do what are like the actions i can do to make yeah. it right you know yeah and yeah. it's that's the same it's it, that's the response is like just stay sober you know so it's yeah. uh it's i'm i'm super grateful man and like i said i'm i'm like i'm not perfect i'm i'm human so i still like fall short I still make mistakes like from, from time to time. Um, uh, not, not with like staying sober. My, my recovery game is, is, is pretty strong. I, like I said, bro, if I, if I go back out, like I'll, I know I'll, I'll die. Like, yeah, for sure. So I, just, I, I yeah. I'll go straight back to like going pedal to the metal. Mm -hmm. So I just know myself, like maybe I can, like you mentioned dabbling with a little weed or whatever, you know, like even if that maybe, maybe I could have like a drink, you know, like I'll be out with friends and they're like, Hey dude, like have a drink. Like, can, like, can you, can you like, um, well, most people don't say that cause that would be <laughs> kind of like maybe a little rude, but <laughs> most people, most of my friends know that I'm, I'm sober and stuff, but sometimes people ask me, they're like, Hey, like, could you like, they just are out of curiosity. And I, I totally like respect their, their yeah. questions. Like, uh like they're like hey jake if you wanted to like could you have a drink or maybe later down the line do you think that you could like enjoy like a cocktail or whatever and my response to that is yeah maybe i could you know 
Um, but I just know myself. Like you, yeah. you mentioned that addictive personality. Yeah. I just know myself, man, you know, and like one thing I know will lead to the next, you know, and mm -hmm. what ends up being like yeah. a cocktail will turn into like five cocktails. And then I'm like doing a line of cocaine. And then yeah. I'm like going back to T TJ and I'm like fully strung out within a week. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm just, I stay away. Like the kind of what's what we teach in, in recovery is just complete abstinence. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's kind of the, the whole get down. So I, uh, I believe I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recovered, um, addict. Like I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Um, but I, I, um, try to stay on, on the, that road of, of complete abstinence. Yeah. Cause, and I, I like it, bro. Like being, having a clear headspace, like it, it, and ha not having to be like always in, you know, chasing the next buzz or the next like thing. It. Yeah. Like there's, that's a lot of, there's freedom in that. I agree. Yeah. There's a lot of freedom in that. I and agree. I'm, I feel very fortunate that I was able to find that, you know, and no offense. I have, we call them normies or people yeah. that like most of my friends, like they like to yeah. drink, you know, have a couple of drinks or yeah. have a beer or whatever. Like, like it doesn't, I, I'm like all the power to, you know, like enjoy it. I tell, I'm, I tell people like enjoy it. Um, but for someone like myself, who just has that a history of of bondage with it yeah i i'm like i since i've been like liberated from that i'm like i'm just gonna stay on this path because i i like yeah. it and um it's it's uh i think it's just good for me you know i agree man so. i don't i don't drink either i mean i i'll drink from time to time but not out of like i don't find enjoyment out of it um but i agree man i think that like i don't i don't even drink coffee like i don't even do any wow. of that so yeah i just i i'm definitely drinking coffee <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny man. I'm definitely drinking a lot, a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah, I know no, that. You, dude, you don't even do, you don't even do the, the, the yeah. caffeine thing. No, dude, I, it's not, not necessarily because like, I'm not like on this, like, oh, like his caffeine is, but it's just, I just don't, no, I don't need good. it, you know? I totally. Like, at least right now. No, you know? good for you, I, man. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly young and I don't think I need it. Like, I don't really enjoy it either. Yeah. You're more, you're more sober than I am, bro. <laughs> I know on, on, on that caffeine. Right. So, but yeah, dude, I love that you said that you, you overcame it and you said that you at least came out alive. Um, but I think that you didn't at least just come out alive. You, you mean you've built a, a great life for yourself you know you're doing really well in your business and trying bro have a beautiful family and a beautiful home like so yeah. it's not like you just like made it out alive and now you're just living a mediocre life that's sober you're you know you've 10x and and i i kind of want to talk about a little bit of that yeah. you know um how how did you get into you know the solar industry what was that like for you um well, yeah. kind of what things you learned from it and totally how things are going now for you. Yeah. So, uh, I love that question. I'll actually kind of bring it back a little bit further. Um, so, um, talking about my, my recovery and stuff like that. So, um, eight years ago I was in treatment, right? Like for the last time and it finally stuck, uh, thank God. And then I, I actually, uh, transitioned out of that and I started, I was in, a, I lived in a sober living, mm -hmm. lived in a sober living house and that was super good for me. I lived there for like a whole year. And then after that, I started to work at the treat at that treatment center that I went through. Mm -hmm. uh, great friends of mine that that run it, and um, so I was doing that. Um, I did that for two years, so I worked there. I, I actually at that point was managing another a, a different sober living house. It was like a bigger one. It was like an outpatient house. Yeah. To where the guys that were living there, they, so they live the 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 dudes lived there, and then they um during the day I would drive them to like the like an office to where they would do like meetings. Or they would do like uh, okay. groups, like with their counselors and stuff like that. So I did that for two years, and that, like, honestly, that taught me a lot. That about when it comes to like leadership, mm -hmm. uh, that taught me a lot. That was like huge for me. I did that for two years, um, and then I um, was 
not really making much of like I was making just a really small income from that. So I was managing that that sober living house, and then um, in in the evening I would uh, I started driving Uber. Mm. So I was uh, driving Uber and um, doing that for a while, but that was like the struggle. Like I don't know if you know too much about Uber, but it's like really tough to like actually make decent income from yeah. it. Like you really have to like, you, bro. I was driving even a little bit further after that. So I tra- I transitioned out of that house and I got my own place. Uh, my l- a little studio, um, and I-, I was just driving Uber full time, bro. I would drive like forty hours. Oh my god, a week and make like a thousand bucks in a week. Like if I made a thousand bucks in a week, that was like good. That was yeah, like really good. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, you know, so yeah. Plus you got to pay I'm, gas and dude, it's crazy. I had a Prius. I had a Twitter That's, Prius, okay. so that helps. Okay, that, at least that helps. Yeah, <laughs> but bro, I I um remember coming back home, and I would drive late. I would drive at like you know, especially on the weekends, because that's when it's like the most busiest. Like you know, picking up people from yeah, like PB and downtown and stuff, like two in the morning. That's when it's like popping. So I would drive late. I would drive like two, three in the morning, mm-hmm. and I remember coming back home, uh, to my to my studio, and uh, I was like, you know, I, I parked my car, and like there was one evening specifically. Uh, talk about another like moment of clarity type of like revelation type of moment. You you have yeah. those like moments in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I remember walking. It was like middle middle super late at night. I was walking back into my place, and I just remember having this inner like stirring in my spirit of like I know I'm capable of more. Like I know I'm just I'm worth more, mm-hmm. and I have. You know, I was newly sober, right? I was like at that point, like two years sober, right? So I like picked up some traction. I'm like, I'm getting into more and more into personal development, right? So I'm like, I'm on this path, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I know, and this is a good learn. This is a good learning lesson right here. <clears throat> my personal development was going like this, but my income wasn't, and it was naturally, magical. bro. It, there's this like crazy magical thing, like it's a, it's inevitable. Like if you're bettering your life and you're growing in your life, yeah. the income will match. The income will eventually it will match that. Yeah. Like they say, uh, income rarely surpasses personal development. Like it's 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 just, it 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 typically matches it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I um around that same time, uh, I was starting to go to a new church, Awaken Church. Yeah. That's where I met you. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Awaken. Love yeah. our love our uh church community. So awesome. awesome. And uh, so at that at that uh at our, at our church that's where i made friends with uh jordan Matesius mm-hmm. and john soriano and they were like kind of n- newer in the solar space uh themselves yeah. um uh this was um about five years ago i had met them and they were trying to recruit me into the business um but i was like uh hesitant because they were like hey we're doing this thing it's solar it's super awesome i'm like solar panels like for houses i'm like sweet that's awesome mm-hmm. very cool and then they're like, we're making a like really good money from it. And I'm like, okay, tight, right? I'm in this place in my life where I'm like driving for Uber, like not crushing it, right? So I'm like, okay, like it got got the juices yeah. flowing, right? And they're like, oh, by the way, this solar thing, it's actually door-to-door sales. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like, I'm not down. Like, I'm just, I don't think that's going to be a good fit for me. That sounds whack. Like, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. But they were... Um, they kept they kept working on me there uh, as as with their with their recruiting efforts, and so a couple of weeks later, I'm like, you know what? Like again, I was in this season where I'm like, dude, I'm like, I I know I'm capable of making like doing better for myself, you know. So 
I'm like, you know what? I'll give I'll give it a shot. And I I I dove um I dove into it full time. And dude, I I like never thought I would see myself being willing to be a door to door sales guy. <laughs> like, bro, I tell people like I'm I'm like the last person to get recruited yeah. into the into the business because it's like it's so far from a traditional job. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Where you know, and everyone on our team is independent contractors. Um. And so it's very entrepreneurial yeah. in in essence. It is. Um, you know, we say what you eat, what you, what, however much you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. Right. Like you eat what you kill type yeah. of thing. It's a hundred percent commission, yeah. which is kind of daunting for a lot of people, including myself. Yeah. When I was getting into it, it was kind of scary, you know? Um, but I, um, I was determined and I didn't have any experience in sales when I first, um, joined, uh, when I first started doing solar, yeah. definitely no door to door experience, obviously. But dude, I was hungry, mm. you know, and I was, I was, that's, I think the one common factor I've seen in a lot of my young friends who are getting into entrepreneurship is like, that's typically the one thing yeah. that I observe that pushes people to be determined to win. It's that hunger. Mm. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's 100%. that being hungry to like, Hey, no matter what it, no matter what happens, like. I'm going to freaking figure this yeah. out. You don't have no choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's that inner hunger of like, oh, like I, that's like the best way I can explain yeah. it. When I, when I train new guys, when we, we go out in the field and we're knocking and um, I like to make it fun, you know, yeah, like yeah. I just, I'm insistent on, that's kind of my, a big part yeah. of my, my message when I, when I um, do training is and get people out in the field is like you make it, making it fun. Cause dude, you have to, Yeah. like life is too short, bro. Yeah. You you, you mean, like life is too short to like not have a good time. That's true, yeah. So like I'll like I'll be darned if I have if I'm stuck in a career or a job where like it's like all um, impossible to have fun. Like, dude, you have to make your work fun. Yeah. Do do, do you agree? 100%. Like you whatever line of work you find yourself and it can be any line of work. It can be you can be doing any any field, any um any sector. It, you, yes, it's going to be hard, but that doesn't mean that you can in, in in while you're while it's challenging, you can still make it fun. Yeah, 100%. and so this is what I like to do, and what we what I train my my team on is like, hey, this job is super challenging because it's door to door sales, bro. Like we deal with like re it's constant rejection. It's like no, 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 door slams in your doors getting slammed in your face. Like got to deal with like eight homeowners coming at you hot, you know, but which by the way, it's just a numbers game. Anyway, you know, this, you, you know, sales, it's all of sales is just math. It's just a numbers game. Yeah. So if you knock enough doors, you're going to find people who are down for the program and so forth. But yeah, what I'm trying to say is, um, dude, I'm insistent, not just in the, in the marketplace, but just in life, dude, that's a big part of my message is like, I am insistent that what I do during um, my my lifetime in in this reality and my time on this earth, like I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna enjoy life. Mm -hmm. I don't think enough people. Um, I don't think enough people like choose to enjoy this life. Like, dude, we're I woke like, dude, I woke up today. Mm -hmm. Like, just think about that for a yeah. second. Like, you have another. We have a each day is a gift. Mm -hmm. Like, we we have the opportunity to live another day of life yeah so like so, yeah. dude if like if i'm not grateful for that like i need some type of attitude adjustment or something you know what i'm saying so agree, yeah being being able to stay and go, going back to your question of like how i've been able to find um uh and i i feel like i'm just kind of getting started in, in business but um uh 
I would say I would say those those two things is um actually I, I would I would include one more and I'll I'll share that here in a sec. First is being like insanely hungry. Yeah. Like hunger, like hunger, hunger, hunger. Um, the second is learn how to enjoy the process, like make the make the process like fun and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And then the third one I was gonna include also is um just like straight up gratitude, like living with a sense of like deep gratitude and knowing that um we have an, uh, the opportunity to to live another day of of life. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that you said despite where you're at, like what job you're in, you just, you should make it enjoyable. I mean, like a lot of people don't do that. They kind of like they feel like oh, I have I have my whole day, and then when I'm at work, if I don't like my job, I'll just not enjoy my life for those eight hours and then think that they can just kind of turn on and off. And mm -hmm. eventually, like if you look at it, that's like 70% of your day. 70% of your day you're not enjoying. If you look at your whole week, that's the majority of your week you're not enjoying. And if you look at your whole year, yeah. so on and so forth. So then it tends to bleed into your your personal life too. You start to not enjoy that. Um, and I think it is an attitude a shift because you get to choose that. Um, and then totally. even if like, you know, you, your job sucks, like, you know, we, we, we're blessed to live in America. We get to choose our jobs and a job, and especially with the job field that you work in or the, the career that you're in is, doesn't matter if you have an education, right? It doesn't, you can just kind of join without any experience. Like yeah. you said you did, right? Yeah. I mean, you were a recovering drug addict who was driving Uber and then joined Solar. Yeah. That's what's uh, cool about door to door is like, it attracts people from all different types of yeah. uh, walks of life and you don't have to have much, you don't have to have a degree or yeah. Um, it's pretty gritty. And so it's yeah. like, yeah, any, anyone can thrive. I've, I've, I've found that anyone can thrive in, yeah. in the entrepreneurial space as long, as long as you, um, are coachable and, um, have the, that desire t to win, like you're going to find a way, you know? I agree, man. And I think that, it, and I love that you're in door to door sales because it's like such a, um, I think it's such a like foundational, like part of, of being in business, you know, whether yeah. you continue in, in door to door sales, I think. Um, it's such a good thing to just do. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think I call it rejection therapy Yeah, where you go in and, and do something that you're going to get rejected at, you know, like yeah. consistently. So that, the, that way it builds yeah. that resilience. Dude, the skill, I recommend everyone like get, uh, learn the skill set of selling. Cause there's so many, like, I know you I identify with that as well because yeah. of your experience in sales. Like I honestly, I want my kids, like I told Hannah this, like I want our, I want my kids to like learn sales <laughs> yeah, because no, dude, so. what, there's so many valuable lessons and like, yeah. dude, overcoming rejection, like how to deal with people. Like yeah. that's what most of sales is yeah. just like how, knowing like to be good with people, yeah. you know, that's true. Um, being willing to do hard things, right? Like seeing adversity and instead of like shying away from it, like going into adversity. Right. And like, I can, um, I can make it happen. There's this like, again, this desire to win, um, through rejection and like through adversity. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's true. Is, is the case with in order to be successful in, uh, in sales. So, yeah. No, man, I think that, I think it, I always tell people who are like, Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know like what I want to do. I think the three best industries to get into, um, are either door to door sales, whether it's solar or you're selling vacuums, um, real estate, or mm -hmm. network marketing because all those things are extremely hard to do. Love it. There's a lot of all, all great fields, yeah. And then it requires all those elements that you're talking about. You know, it requires you to learn how to sell, to learn how to go out there and do something hard. Um, and I feel like it's a great place to start because I know a lot of people, um, they may want to get into entrepreneurship, but they may not necessarily know what they want to do. They may not, there's different levels of entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. They don't know if they want to create a product or service or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I always tell people, at least get in one of those three, because by the time you figure it out, 
you're either going to be really good at one of those or you'll figure something else out, but you at least have the skill set to then do whatever it is you want to do. Um, and I think that, you know, solar is a big one too, because it has a very high commission and it's also like very, um, I think like, cause even with real estate and with network marketing, it's more like, you know, it's more calls than it is sure. really door to door, Yeah, cold um, which is, which is just as hard, but yeah. I think it's for sure a lot harder to do, do door to doors because I mean, you're, you're, you're getting rejected to your face. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're physically yeah. having to go walk around, you know? So it's, it's. It's literally more of a challenge. Yes, guys, so you guys stay in shape. Yeah, exactly, right? Get your steps in. So it really, I think, is such a great way for, especially young people, mm. you're you know, getting out of college, or even if you're about to even graduate high school um, and you don't want to go into college, I think yeah. it's a great way. This is one of the reasons why I joined the Marine Corps was to build that resilience, you know, what it feels like to be under pressure and still come out on top. And, and um, you know, solar wasn't a thing for me, at least back then. But maybe if I, I still had that entrepreneurship kind of spirit, and if that was an option, I probably would have taken that route too. Um, hey, we're hiring. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> we're I'm just waiting. I'll, I'll submit an application. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, dude, and I think that's, um, I think it's so great, man. I think it's such a great skill set because then it's either, it's either one or two avenues. Either going to be really good, like how, how, how you are right now, you're killing it in your industry. Or you're going to be really good, but then you're going to realize, oh, my, my shifting or my calling is, in this area and then you take all those skills yeah. and apply it there and i think that's I so think good. there's no losing situation unless you quit that's really the only the only lose uh that you have within doing something like that yeah um but yeah man i think what, what would be something you'd say to um you know someone who may be either in college um or let's say getting out of high school and they're thinking of of, of pursuing you know let's say solar or some type of sales position because i know you're amazing at sales um, what would you recommend that they do, whether it's, you know, um, you know, personal development things or what, what, what would be your yeah. maybe three steps Great question. to like, to push them in a direction for success? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I would challenge people to check their friend group, like okay. check your, who are you spending time with first and foremost, because like they say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. So pay very, I would tell, I would challenge them to, I would, a young person that's like trying to, they're, on, they're trying to figure out what career path to choose or whatever. I would say before you look at that, like, show me who is your inner circle, mm-hmm. because it's likely that whoever, whatever friend group you have, like that's going to be your association or your connection. Cause it's all about who, you know, like yeah. all of when it comes to business, it's all about relationships. Like how many, who do I know that's going to introduce me to this next thing show me who is part of your 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 group of peers and are they pushing you are they calling you forward are like are they the type of person that has like a good influence on your life are they like motivating you to like lift your lid and like uh inspire you to be more passionate towards mm-hmm. life because uh some people i think a lot of young people are stuck yeah and it's like because they like choose to hang around a bunch of bums and like, dude, that was my life for a while. When I was like younger, like that, like early, like late teens, uh, early twenties, mm-hmm. dude, I was, a, I was a freaking loser. Like I was a straight up loser. And it was because the people that I was with were losers as well. Yeah. So that should, that was just like, uh, it's an automatic thing, you know? Yeah. So I think people that are serious about getting into business, I, I would first and foremost challenge them to get around other people 
that are also serious about business and pursuing their dream. And yeah. maybe it's getting into sales or entrepreneurship or starting a business, whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. like get around like-minded people, because those are the people that are going to like really, uh, uh, call you forward mm. and, and push you, uh, into your, into your destiny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's good, man. I'd say like, I agree hundred percent with you on that. Um, for me, I think that that's again, one of the reasons why I left Florida emerges from, um, Fort Lauderdale was, I kind of was looking around and I didn't have anybody who I wanted to emulate. Like I, I, would, I never saw anybody within my immediate or even distant friend group or even just, you know, proximity of, of like who my, I, not only that I do life with, but who my parents do life with, um, that I was like, yeah, I want to be like that. Or, yeah. or I look up. Probably to had that. role models, but yeah. no one that you wanted to like. Emulate. Yeah. Nobody. I was like, I like, I don't like you either. Your finances are terrible. You might have a great marriage, but your finances are terrible. Like there was always like elements missing and there was never like a, like, anywhere uh at least for me that i could that i could look up to someone or really emulate um, yeah but exactly we were saying once i kind of got around the right people who were either in that or on on their way it really helped me and it also helps a lot too when you're kind of hitting those moments of resistance you know what i mean totally. like where you want to give up it's better to have friends who are like hey like i've been there done that yeah um you got this versus having like friends who are like oh, you know, we knew this was going to fail. Like, just chill. Like, you don't need yeah. to be doing all that. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, it makes it easier to keep going. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, you know, running a marathon and, and the people that are you're running with, if if you slow down, are they going to help you continue? Or are they going to tell you just take a break and, you know, kind of like quit, right? So I agree, man. I think that's I think that's one of the biggest things for yeah. sure in general in life. Too. And like perfect example, I would have never heard about the whole solar opportunity if I didn't go, yeah. if I didn't start going to church. That's you know, like true. that's literally where I heard about it. Yeah. So I think yeah. we're, we're extra. We have almost like, I don't want to call it an unfair advantage, but yeah, like almost like almost so like in the market, like we, we, we have such a good community at our, our church. We go to the same church uh, and like there's so many connections that you can make. Like there's no, yeah. there's no excuse for like, for you not, not to have a job or yeah, <laughs> dude, there's so many people that are employers or business owners or people that you could partner with, you know, I agree. Yeah. Um, that's how I met you, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, true, yeah. and so excuse me i um yeah i don't think it should be taken lightly like our our community you know like who who's in your who's in your community and specifically like who's in your your inner circle because yeah i i i want to um i'm very intentional about like who i allow like in my life you know because yeah. i know the power of influence and law of association mm -hmm. and so dude i like to hang out with people like you and people that are like, you know, have, have big vision and, and like want to go far and, and like want to like have a, a, a fruitful life and an, an awesome family. And so, um, yeah, dude, I, uh, that, that, that's who I want to spend time with, you know? I appreciate that, man. I think, uh, I think that it's definitely, you know, uh, one of those things that it kind of feeds itself, you know, cause in, when you're around those people, you become that, and then you feed those people and it, just, it kind of just becomes a, a really, um, fruitful relationship and i think those are the kind of the best relationships too because mm. you know people people who are moving in a direction that that's you know not the easiest always are going to go you know through things and then uh when you have friends to kind of talk to about that and and move in that direction with it it really deepens your relationship with them and and i think it's amazing man i think that's i love that you bring that up and um i also really want you to have the opportunity too while we're on the show to really just kind of uh, plug in, you know, any, any of your social media outlets, um, anything about what are, whatever it is that we talked about, um, 
to that camera over here. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, and then uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, follow me on uh, Facebook or Instagram, preferably. I'm on Instagram more, Pluto Tectonics. What's up? And uh, if you follow me, I'll follow you back. And um, yeah, keep an eye out for my content. Shout out to Optic Element for helping me uh, deliver such high quality content. And um, yeah, always available. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram or if you want to find me, you can find me. <laughs> well, also, and, uh, we'd love to meet stuff. you. We're going to exclude, uh, we're going to include all of your uh, information too down below in the description. Um, cool. That way people can find you. Uh, Jake is also hiring if you're looking for a job here in California. There's nobody else that I would, um, wouldn't recommend more to fall under, to learn, you know, sales, how to enjoy life, and really just the all-around dynamic of, of uh, being able to just live a fruitful life, not just on the finances, but um, within your personal and all that. Um, you know, I wouldn't recommend anyone else to, to really... Um, to, to not fall under you and do it like, because you're just amazing at uh, not only like teaching people, but Thank very you. good at making it fun. Thank you. Um, which is something that I, I really um, admire about you because it's not something that I'm good at. You know what I mean? I'm not really great at making things fun because I'm very like, let's just get it done. Um, so uh, it's very rare to see people who do that.